Hi everyone, welcome to the Royal Podcast of Oz. We're back with Movies of Oz. Finally. Mm-hmm. And today we decided to do a twofer, you could say. <laughs> kind of. Do a... Sorry, I missed that. Twofer, two for one. Oh, yes. And it's probably best because this is not one of our um, most liked topics. Well, half of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're going to go ahead and take care of both... Pain Media slash Sinner's adaptation of Ozma of Oz and the Emerald City of Oz in one. Now, Ozma of Oz was the first Pain Media cartoon I saw. I saw the movie cut, and I was like, what on earth is this? Mm, I remember you said that in a previous version, and it's not really a good introduction. With me, however, this is the one movie I did not see on video at all. I... Yes, I saw The Wonderful Wizard, Marvelous Land, and Emerald City, but Ozma is the one I did not see until I got the DVD set. Okay, I borrow. And, and you would think that if the first two movies were relatively faithful, that this one would be just as good, right? Yeah, you'd think. However, that's not quite what happened um we're going to try to recap these briefly so we can try to save time so we're not spending too much time spending on what we hope you wind up watching at home well let's and good reason because not a lot good happens in this version Mm. but what begins as a simple sleep during the night in the kansas farm for dorothy and her family it ends up becoming a unexpected adventure the strange tick-tocking sound um, summons Dorothy by making the magic shoes from that she has from Oz take her to the land of Ev, where after she encounters the wheelers, she meets TikTok and goes to find Princess Lulu and get locked up, get reunited with her friends as they are traveling to see Lulu, coincidentally. But uh, fortunately, a mouse in the dungeon tells the line that Dorothy's in trouble, so he goes to rescue her. I love that. And then they go to rescue the uh, princess brother, the, go to rescue Princess Lulu's brother, the Prince of Ev, from the Gnome King. And they have to travel the dangerous desert where they find a ship that's been ship- shipwrecked in the middle of a desert. They find Belina there. They make their way to the Gnome land, meet the Gnome King and play the game one person at a time, but they're only allowed one guess each. And, of course, if they guess incorrectly, they're transformed into an ornament. And the Lion, the Tin Woodman, and Skeggle all come close, very close, because they use their own skills. And Dorothy actually manages to succeed. But... Uh, the Gnome King is a very, very sore loser, and he tries again and again to, well, get his... Revenge. Yeah, and after such a long attempt to escape, they finally do escape, and, um, well, it sets up the basis for the Emerald City Voice, which we'll discuss soon, but... Me, personally, I do like the first 
two episodes, which would be become the first 28 episodes, but I don't like a lot of it. It's not... I mean, I was watching it last night for this podcast, and actually it was not all that bad when I was watching it, but it just gets really bad towards the third act. Basically, you know, the first two stories, they... They did take their liberty. They were overall pretty close to adaptations. And, you know, when you take a look at the book, Ozma of Oz, it's a surprisingly tightly paced book. However, this version decides to take its time and slow things down with dull plotting things where you have giant rock giants in the dark desert, um, this long escape sequence from the Gnome Kingdom, whereas the book originally, the way it flows, it says bam, bam. And you think that, you know, they already tighten things up by having just a web instead of the whole royal family, but mm. nope. And the DVD itself is very misleading. Like, when you look at the description on the back, it says, Dorothy revisits the Land of Wars and encounters a group of wheelers and a friendly robot-like character named TikTok. On a mission to help save the royal family of Ev, Dorothy is reunited with the Scarecrow, Tin Woodsman, and the Lion, and meets Ozma, the Princess of Oz. Dorothy and her friends venture to the underground caverns of Gnomeland, narrowly escaping the evil magic of the Gnome King in the daring rescue of the Prince of Ev. Okay, Dorothy does not revisit the land of Ev, Dorothy does not meet Ozma because she already saw Tip restored at the end of Marvelous Land, so she does not meet her, let alone actually share a scene with them after all. The royal family of Ev is only Princess Lulu and the Prince of Ev, who does not have his own name, and it's so misleading. And there's a few other changes here where, you know, we already said the Bellina is a shipwrecked chicken who's living on a, a ship in the desert. Um, at the end, she returns to the land of Ev with uh, TikTok. But, um, so TikTok is not an Emerald City. And then... Um, Even if you see the full episodes of why Bellina is where she is, it doesn't make any sense at all. Not like the previous two movies where you see the episodes and they explain why things are rewritten the way they are. But Belina has no sense here. And they also changed other characters. The Wheelers are not the freaky characters from Darnell's pictures. They're these little pygmy men on little stone unicycles. And it's like, what? They're kind of like the dwarfs, but instead of clothes, they're covered in hair and they wear little hats. They call them beanies, but they actually look more like berets. And they have their arms, they have their hands, their feet and legs, but their wheels are more sort of like the caveman type, like the stone, and it's something you'd see more in a circus than practical everyday use. And TikTok is has a sort of geeky persona. His eyes clearly look like they would be spectacles if he, he were human. And he has a fim- similar voice, but instead of protecting Dorothy, as in the book, she has to look after him because Lulu, who I'm guessing Langreed would have been too difficult to have kids understand, but also because Lulu... Um, 
is a hint of her character in this version. TikTok is in trouble with the Willis because of Lulu's fascination with hats. Not heads, not 30 beautiful heads, hats that you put, that she changes to match her mood. Yeah, that is Princess Lulu here. She's uh, filling for Princess Languadier, and instead of swapping heads, she swaps hats that put her in different moods. So it feels kind of silly. And you know what? Yeah, maybe a head swapping princess is scary. But you know, as I heard someone say today, it's okay for kids to be scared of things because then they get scared of it, and it's uh, but and then they try again and watch it, and they get over it. They grow yeah. up. They learn from it. Unless it's Indiana Jones the Temple of Doom, but that's beside the point. Okay, there's, yeah, that's a little bit too far. <laughs> but there's, I mean, if it's animated, it's much easier to take in than a live action. So, and it's anime. Anime can actually do things that most live action special effects movies couldn't do in 85, and maybe even better than those of today. But... Yes. The Gnome King, I guess we might want to say a little bit about the gnome design. There are these little... They're congruent yeah. with the gnomes we saw back in The Wonderful Wizard of Oz when they made a little cameo appearance during the TV series. Mm. But they're much bigger. Yeah. They still have pointed hats, but they're much bigger. And for a while, I actually was annoyed because the Gnome King is very childish. He's very short. But recently I realized... Actually, this is very much in character with Bomb's book description, personality-wise. That's what Bomb tries to break his characters down to, is that you don't need to be afraid of the villains because at the end, they're really just spoiled children. Mm, big spoiled children. <laughs> yeah, they're no different than uh, and bratty children because, you know, you know, we had all the way back in Wonderful Wizard where the witch is scared of the dark, but... Yeah. Okay, so I... Th- and, you know, there's also Calico, who's somewhat taller gnome than the Gnome King, and he has this little twirly mustache. It could be a coincidence, but it could be modeled after Googly Goo from the Scarecrow of Oz book, because he does have that sneaky, manip- manipulative, underhanded advisor look. Pointy chin, long nose... Mustache and curly hair. I don't want to give but, that much credit. <laughs> but he's just as bad as his king because, whereas in the book he, you really shouldn't do that. Don't get in. Don't give yourself in too much trouble. He, Cal, this Calico really is as bad as his master. Yeah, I always like Calico in the books because it's like it's like it's always surprising that bomb didn't intend for Calico's story to go the way it did in the three, the first three books he appears in, because if you just look at him, it's actually forms a pretty neat character arc for him. Mm. <laughs> Where he's like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, I'll, okay, fine, I'm acting out here, and now, guess what, I'm king. You'll regret it. Don't blame me if you get into trouble. <laughs> but, you know, that's not what this version did with him, but, well, this version wound up being pretty loose here now. Um, and and it, it's kind of weird that they called the call it Ozma of Oz because Ozma's barely in it now. Yeah. And I actually find her 
I should maybe reserve this for the Emil City of Oz discussion, but she's a little bit inconsistent with in the three or two and a half. Hmm. Well, in all her appearances, she's a little bit inconsistent. But should I save that for Emil City? Pretty much just leads straight to the Emil City storyline because Dorothy does not return to Kansas in between the stories. No. She goes straight to Oz, so there we go. Um, I recall once that you said the land of Ev in the book was barren, but, well, this land of Ev is pretty oh, barren. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. rocks and paths and desert and sand and mountains and nothing. No grass, no flowers, no trees. Yeah, I mean, mainly, I mean, to be fair, most of what we see in John O'Neill's illustrations of Ev in The Land of Oz I mean, in Ozma of Oz, is the beach, the rocks that they find TikTok in, and then mainly the castle area. Where we don't really see much of Evna or the farmlands or anything. And then, you know, we have that conflated with the turn to Oz, with the ruined Emerald City. And now we have this, where the place is pretty much a desert. Mm. Rocky desert. So it's like... Yeah, you might. This is why I'm seeing Ev as a bear. We, we, we accidentally wind up thinking of Ev as barren rather than actually a, probably a pretty nice place. It happens to be on the seashore, so just you know, could be just as pretty as Oz. Yeah. So but, I think I think now we need to do Ev some justice somehow. But let's get off topic. <laughs> and the friends travel through the desert, but there's some really bad writing here because. They travel through the desert, and it's hot, and there's no shelter. And Dorothy is the only child here, and she's she has no water, unless you count an episode where they had a bottle. No hat, no sunbonnet. It's dangerous for her to travel the desert with minimal water. Yeah, you don't... What were you thinking? It, it's difficult for grown... Uh, for grown people who are used to this to just do, do it. And Dorothy is a child. She's not magical. She can't whip up a bottle of water or shade for herself. She's not made of straw or tin or a robot that needs to be wind up. She needs substance. She needs care. Not to mention the lion. Mm. And how oh, is yes, Belina, poor lion. How is Belina surviving on that shit, poor thing? Oh, yes. Good point. Mm. But, like I said, I've never seen Osmo Voss till the DVD. So, after all the title clips and the end credits and whatever images were on Amazon or the reviews, which were, oddly enough, favorable, but the chicken that we see in the introductions of all four movies is not Belina in this movie. That's an entirely new animated chicken for the intro. So, and, but we should point out that Belina is gray here. She's not brown like the intro she's gray yeah and she has a very cartoonish voice too that if you were watching if you're the only oz fan that you're watching and you have people who are around when you're watching this they'll think oh that that voice is annoying yes i was banned from no land oh goodness kooky clown music which kind of adds to her character why she's so Fuddled up. Uh, Scarecrow and Tin Woodman and even Jack Pumpkinhead joined Ozma in their meeting with Princess Lulu. But 
why don't they have the sawhorse? Why don't they have the guard, whether he's from the gate? Why don't they bring along the soldier? And, well, there are so many times they... There's so much bad jobs here, like characters that should be here are not here. The magic shoes take Dorothy to the land of Ev, and while she's sleeping, her nightgown gets transformed into her gingham down, but they can't put themselves onto her feet. And I'm really... I really don't like the animation that Dorothy goes through in the first 10 or so minutes because she looks very uncomfortable, like too uptight. And is she actually taller here or is it just because everyone else she meets is short? Ozma is short, the Gnome King is short, the princess, the Prince of Ev is short. I mean, do they have a problem with Dorothy meeting characters who's taller than her? The only character we meet who is taller than Dorothy is... Princess Lulu. Goodness gracious. And the worst part of this movie is the editing, because there are so many times we just jump to the next scene or the next drama, and there's no transition. It's badly cut. Did you think of a similar thing with the lack of characters or that sort of thing? I can point out, Austin isn't there, and we point with the desert. They, They missed out on a lot of opportunities here for maybe Ozma to embrace her magic powers or something. Hmm. <sighs> it's like, and, why? Yes, <sighs> why? Why do they waste so much time and paper and resources making such a bunch of wasted episodes? Why... Why did they have a windy cabin replace the rock giants, which would have been closer to the iron giant from the book? Why does Dorothy call for Scarecrow, even though she knows he's been transformed into an ornament? Does she really believe the gnomes use pretending to be him when that's not his voice? It's just badly done. I mean, we get to a point where the ship is not in a desert, but it's actually on a pile of salt because the Gnome King got rid of the ocean. It's so it'd be salt, not sand. But at the end, they say sand instead of salt. And I actually thought that this, we find out that Gnome King actually removed the ocean so that the water became the salt. But I actually had a thought that maybe the Prince of Ev was on that ship and that he coincidentally took the Prince when the ship was shipwrecked. Well, that's probably just me. So there's quite a few plot holes that this opens up. And, you know, the cool thing about watching the Fall 3 series was that a lot of the plot holes were actually taken care of, but this was not the case. No. And there's a scene also where Scarecrow should be blown away completely by the Windy Cabin, but he just stands as if he were... As if he could, and he can't. He's made of straw and clothes. He should be completely blown away by this windy cabin. They say that they have this moment where they say that most of the Gnome King's ornaments are prisoners who have been transformed. What prisoners? What enchantments? There are no other prisoners. The only people who are transformed are the Prince of Ev and all these friends. That's really sloppy writing. When I, I saw the movie cut before any of the actual episodes, that I was expecting there to be an extra scene between 
the lion walking through the Gnome King hall ornaments and us seeing the Gnome King's face, but no, no such thing. But I do like that moment where the lion rescues the scarecrow from um, the Gnome King's final final attempt in this part to um, get his revenge. I love how the lion has a few moments that um, shows his bravery. And yeah, there, while it's lousy, there are a few good points. But when I w got to the end of it, I just felt disappointed. I don't know if because the movie itself was so lousy or um, because I knew what was going to happen. But yeah, I watched this movie and I was I left feeling disappointed. That's why you should not expose yourself to this story first. But now we get on to the good part in the series, and that is The Emerald City of Oz. This one is also a pretty loose adaptation, but, you know, I'm not exactly one to talk about loose adaptations of Emerald City of Oz. I don't know, so... <laughs> well, it does retain the half of the story where the Gnome King wants to invade the Emerald City, although it's more to get back at Dorothy for beating him at his game and everything. But instead of Dorothy taking Aunt Tam and Uncle Henry to live in Oz, here it's more because of Ozma's coronation like to find out her history develop her magic and actually be crowned as properly queen of oz mm -hmm. so the only invader or monstrous creature we get enlisted for the invasion is the growly wall and instead of tall very skinny but strong humanoid characters we get this one Massive, large, obese, slow monster. Who literally inhales stuff. Mm. Mm -hmm. It would have been interesting to see how Aunt Tim and, Aunt Tim and Uncle Henry take this version of Oz, but previously we've had them um, already believe that starting to believe that Oz is real, so there's that. But here we, I can talk about Ozma's inconsistency because at the end of The Marvelous Land of Oz, she had just been restored to her, pre, to her actual form. So she's a bit puzzled or a bit perplexed, and that's understandable. But in Ozma, in the like one minute total she's on screen, she's very much like a book, like sort of 
bland, not really doing anything special, but um, she sounds wise, but just basic. But in the Elmwood City, at the beginning, she is playful. She doesn't want to be a queen. She just wants to have fun. She's tomboyish. You really don't get one version of Ozma until they find this one secret passage of the Emerald City, the heart of the Emerald City, the Emerald Chamber, which reveals the history and her king, the fa her father, the king of Oz, who passed away just as the wizard arrived. Meanwhile, you have the Gnome King plotting revenge with Guff, who is the most oriental-looking gnome we've seen. He has a domed hat with a pretty white-out brim, and he has that little... He has these little beady eyes and this long mustache. And to help him tunnel, they have he has this giant earthworm that just eats away at the rock. When he eats something, his boy takes on the color or the pattern of what he just digested. That's an interesting concept or design. The thing is, I don't really think the growly wog adds much to the story. It reminds me of something that Walt Disney did, where if someone would bring him an idea for a story, he would say, okay, well, how does this help the story? And if it didn't, he'd toss it out. Not that he was always too good with that, though. Oh, he was such a good editor, Walt Disney, mm. with terms of story. Yeah. But, yeah, the story goes back and forth between the Gnome King's attempt to invade Oz and the coronation for Ozma, so... Um, it's a little bit hard to keep track of the story, but um, the invasion almost, it doesn't disrupt the ceremony, no, but it does get in the way for some of the characters, because the, the Tin Woodsman fights the Growly Wog, um, ends up getting mustered, and Dorothy tries to save him, and we see the Winky Tinsmith, who was deleted from the wonderful Wizard of Oz movie, and... There's a moment where we see that the Emerald City has new soldiers, um, which in an episode deleted from the movie is some, in, some sort of payback or development because Ozma did say that she wanted to have soldiers or an army for Oz because even though there are no more wicked witches in Oz, there are still some bad people like the gnomes. Yeah. And also deleted from here was a little, uh, was a little bit where they enter a strange magic realm where they meet Miss Cuttenclip and Mr. Freddle, who's a puzzle man. That was the same episode as Ozma wanting an army, but yeah, um, yeah, they were the same episode. That episode was pretty nice, but you could easily see why they dropped out the movie cut. Mm-hmm. If I were re-editing the movies, I, I would include that. Mm. But the water of oblivion here is also um, different. Like, it's found at an earlier point in the story, and it's part of the ceremony for Ozma's coronation. And there's quite a bit to say here, because we also see the maid from The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and... Um, I actually have a problem with the Tin Woodman fighting the Growly Wog because the Tin Woodman is punching the Growly Wog and there's a moment where he gets tired, like he actually stops, he slows down, and he pants. 
of Weeks heavily, but he shouldn't do that. The Tin Woodman should not get tired or exhausted. And Dorothy and Ozma have made a little paper bird. So that's one of the one of the anime influences that's most apparent here. It kind of replaces the red dragon here. And again, there's no Jack Pumpkin Head or Sawhorse, which they should have been here. Eventually, they managed to capture the Growlywog, but after Ozma's coronation, the gnomes try a night attack. Mm. I do like that little moment where the Gnome King and Goff have a big argument because the Emerald City is surrounded by this big iron wall that's even gone underground. And the Gnome King is very eager for his invasion, for his revenge. And so he takes it on Goff, who talks back to him and is able to stand up on his own two feet. But I like the that argument that the Gnome King and Goff have, that fight scene. And there are a few good scenes here, like Goff sneaks into the Emerald City, he climbs up all these stairs, and then he goes back and forth, in and out between this hall of doors. And he eventually drinks the Water of Oblivion, which makes him forget everything. However, this one is kind of like the Soporific Waters from the Magic Land series by Alexander Volkov, which was also based on the Oz books, for anyone who's not familiar with that. That one had it where you do forget everything, but eventually you pick up your personality, but um, you can at least be re-educated. They have their memories and they have their personality, but they're not as devoted as being bad as before. They know who they were, but are willing to have a fresh, good start. During the night attack, they establish that the people of Oz are heavy sleepers, so they're sleeping through the attack, and only Dorothy, the Scarecrow, and the Tin Man can really do anything to save the Emerald City. And when Dorothy sees the Emerald City being invaded, unlike the book, uh, she's so shocked that she can't walk, and... There actually are a few scenes in this cartoon of ours that I find a little bit distressing or discomforting. Like, there are times when Dorothy gets so close to being consumed by the monster, and as I've said, there's that moment where she is so shocked she can't walk, and there's a moment later where, even though she and Scarecrow are so successful at scaring the gnomes off with this big, fake egg made of wood that's, um, that when they, they're they so brave, they're so resourceful, but when the Growly Walk eats the paper bird and Dorothy and Scarecrow fall down the Emerald City and um, later when Dorothy is alone with the Growly Walk, I find that sort of scene just disturbing, a little di- just disturbing discomforting and just Sometimes uncomfortable to watch. The thing is, you know that Dorothy's a normal human, and if anything happens to her, you know, the Grawlywog could hurt her, it could kill her, it could eat her, and you don't really want to see that. You know, there's a, lim- a, there's a, there's a limit between what you want to see. There's a limit of harm you want to see done to your favorite characters. Yeah. We have standards. Particularly getting this close up to them. But before the Emerald City is invaded, the friends are discussing what to do with the Growly Walk because they do not know that that is a distraction 
from the invasion. They don't know that Oz is about to be invaded, but Ozma is the only one who actually has a reasonable approach to dealing with the Growly Walk. She wants to talk to it while the Scarecrow and Tin Woodman think about trapping it and having it sort of be abused, sort of, or be some sort of attraction for tourists. That doesn't really feel right for the Oz characters, because even if they are keeping a dangerous creature locked up, they wouldn't really think about torturing it or anything. They'd try to find some safe place to set it free. When I was younger, I did like that little bit with lines that, Hey, Tin Man, you're on the ball. But, yeah, the Scarecrow suggesting to trap the monster, and the Tin Woodman agreeing to... Um, trap it as a tourist attraction is a little bit off, but Ozma makes him see sense and decides to deal with it um, in a civilized manner, even though she'll never get around to that option. <laughs> Fortunately, because, because Guff has had a change of heart and character, he saves Dorothy from the Growly Walk, and Ozma actually has her moment with the Gnome King where she will help him get the emeralds, but is also helping the people. So there's that um, character development bit where she uses her powers, finally, for good. I would have liked there to be an extra scene between the gnomes in the Water of Oblivion and everybody returning to the throne room, but uh, I suppose it's not that bad. But I still would have liked to have seen have an extra scene between those two scenes. Glinda somehow manages to talk to Dorothy while she's falling while protecting the evil city, and she says, no harm do will come to you or to Scarecrow, so you're going to break her fall, right? Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, the scene blacks out, but it's possible that Glinda tricked the gnomes into either forgetting to watch them fall or made Dorothy invisible when she was able to so that the gnomes would not capture Dorothy you know like some sort of illusion or um trick of the eyes to the gnomes okay but um anyway there when the as the gnomes are making their way back to the home with the growly wog and the giant worm being better characters and nicer people now. Um, because they drank the water of oblivion. Yes, that. Um, Dorothy is reminded to that she had been very brave and that it's now time to go home. And even though she'll miss her friends, she can go back to Oz anytime with Ozma's magic. Wait, what about her magic shoes? Have did the writers forget that Dorothy has the magic shoes from Oz in Kansas? Uh, apparently they did. Um, do you think that you know, the last shots of her actually floating home on the air back home to Kansas, do you think they possibly intended to leave it open for a second series? I don't know about that, but I often would have liked to have seen the interpretation of Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz and the Road to Oz, maybe even the Patchwork Goal of Oz. I do sometimes, I did sometimes wonder what it would have been like. Yeah. But yeah. there's 
But before we see her floating across the Kansas fields, there's a moment where Dorothy says, farewell, everyone, I'll come back to Oz. And in the English version, we see her hair blowing like in the breeze. But in the Japanese version, the hair did not blow. And I'm glad they reanimated it because in the Japanese version, it was not as good looking. Even though it's a loose adaptation, the Emerald City of Oz hangs together much better than Ozma of Oz, and it's definitely a lot more well done. Mm. So, Emerald City does make up for the lackluster of Ozma. The only two things I actually do have problems with are Dorothy throwing away the oil can when she and the Winky Tinsmith have rescue the Tin Woodman. He needs that. Yes, he does. At any point, he needs it. And the moment where the Scarecrow blows his fake egg, like he's gotten a big piece of wood, he's shaping it into an egg shape. His mouth does not have a hole, so he can't really blow on it. But um, other than that, it's a good trick that he has to... um, trick the notes into thinking that a fake wooden egg painted white is a giant egg. So, so, and the music, of course, is different because uh, the music for the eggs running from the fake egg is very dramatic, whereas in the Japanese version, it was very comical, like very funny. And likewise, when Dorothy and Scarecrow are attacked by the Growlywog, the music for the Japanese version was dramatic, while this one, they attempt to make it in lighter tone. There are times in Ozma and Emerald City where there's very strong anime influence. With Ozma is when the Gnome King traps them in this giant room, um, which he has barrels of lava. So when the doors, all the doors of that room slam shut and we see this friend's reactions for like split seconds, that's one of the anime influences, and the second one is when Dorothy and the Scarecrow see the Growlywog for the first time together, and they jump in midair and scream. That's one of the other anime influences. So we get more of an anime influence or typical anime reactions in the latter two in the second half of the adventures, but um, yeah, overall the story does make up for and the lackluster of Ozma. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we have the last version of the song, Searching for a Dream. So yeah, that's the series for the 1987 Panmedia or Sinar Land, um, Land of Dorothy of Oz series anime. So it took us a bit longer to get this done, but it's done. And I think we've kind of picked up on a nice new format to discuss these on. Yeah. Let's see. So what's next? There was another Ozma Vice cartoon in 1987, which, while still loose, was much better. So much more faithful. Next time we'll be talking about a movie that's not an Oz adaptation like most of the movies we've talked about are, but it is very important to Oz fans. Very close to home, shall we say, or where it all began. Very much so. So, yeah, so join us back in May 2015 for a discussion of NBC's Movie of the Week, 
The Dreamer of Oz story, John Ritter and Ed O'Toole. The Elfink Balm story. We are together, searching for a dream. All the time is right beside us, closer than it seems. If the sky gets cloudy, the blue all turns to green.